Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. I'm Illegal86, one of your three hosts, joined as always by Tactic and the Nerd Bomber. How are you guys doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Wow. I'm good. I'm just sitting here thinking, we were just talking before, right before we started, sometimes I, I like to let the conversation from right before we start hitting record, I want to let it bleed into the episode so you guys know a little more about us. How many winter hats is a good number to own? You can never have too many winter hats. See, I don't agree. I, me personally, I have a winter hat per situation. I don't have, and I only really situations have- situations are there? Well, there's only a couple situations. There's, I'm about to be dealing with grease if I'm going to be working the snowblower or something like that. So I'm going to wear my grease mm. winter hat. Then there is the, I'm going out, but it's like an outdoor activity, like ice skating mm. or whatever. So I'm going to wear my nice right. winter hat. That's it. That's, that's, it. It. that's all the rest. And then what about okay. like, just like playing in the snow with the dog? Well, that's my grease winter hat. Oh. See, I I have a winter hat for every interest and style. So I have a winter hat for every sports team that I like so that if I'm going to a game in the winter, I can don my winter hat for that sports team. Then I Just also... Just give me a number here. How many how many ballpark it? Because it sounds like it's a lot. So I know the exact count. I actually have two winter hats per team because... Oh, boy. Well, no, because so there's different every team and every sport has like their main jersey and alternate jersey. So and we're like, talking six hats? About six hats per at sports minimum. team. At, yeah. But then like there's and then also, additional hats. There's additional hats. Yeah. So like there's your fancy hat if you're going somewhere like nicer and you need to have like a nice just kind of plain fancy hat. There's also like Tactic was saying like your grease. Well, I don't have a grease hat, but I have just like a putzing around in the mud potentially with the dog hat. Then, you know, I have that like super bulky winter hat for if it's super cold outside and I know I'm going to be out there for a while, like playing in the snow with the nephew or something like that. And then with the ear flaps, like the like the winter hat kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And then I have like some from our alma mater, some school hats. And I think I even have a few from each of the places that I've ever worked in my life, I think have given me a hat. So I have lots of hats. What I'm hearing, if I come over to you guys house and... You know, I'm like, I'm, I take my jacket off. I'm looking for somewhere to put it. If I open the wrong door in your house, an avalanche of winter hats is going to fall out and kill me. No, they're That's actually nicely like, organized. I have this tote and it's under the bed. So it slips under the bed, out of sight, out of mind. But it's full of hats. Also full of like snapbacks. Because there, were, I had a, I, I don't know if you guys had, I believe you both had, like the snapback slash ballpark hat all the time phase. And so I have also... Uh, we were just a, talking about this, too. Yeah, yeah, I have a decent collection of, like, snapbacks and stuff that I used to wear when I was out and about because it was cool. I mean, it's so cool to wear them. But, like, at one point in time, I was really into them. So I have, like, different, again, team snapbacks. So I have a whole, like, tote of hats that are under my bed. There is an evolution. When I met Tactic and Nerd Bomber, we were in college, there was a period of uh, a good four to five years where every time you saw me, I'm sure I was wearing a hat. It was just it was who I was as a person during those years. I was then, convinced you like slept and showered in the hat. I don't know what happened specifically. It's, it's not like I have one specific touch point that I can point to and say, I, I shall no longer wear hats. I know but exactly like now, what happened. I, can, I actually know exactly when it happened because we had a conversation about it. 
I can let you in on your history. Was it when I got my first big boy job? Was that what it was? No, it was when that you switched schools and you had a very hard time finding a hat that you liked from your new school. And then eventually... I did like, find one, though. You found one, but you didn't like it as much. So then eventually it just kind of dropped off. That could Okay, so that, that could be it. Long story short, look, I'm evolving. At one point, Illegal 86 decided to spread his wings and shed the hat. And now we're here at now a point where... Now he's a bald eagle. But I, I'm, I'm a bald eagle. I don't... I'm not actually bald. First of all, let me let me clarify for anyone picturing me without hair. In terms of a hat, yeah, I don't I don't wear hats anymore. I had back to the winter guy, hats right? thing. No, I don't have muffs. I just I just live my life. I I have three hats. I believe three winter hats. One my mom knit for me, which is great. Two is a sports team hat, and three I just got it because this is another big news for me in terms of winter apparel. I just bought. I'm pretty sure my first scarf ever. And I got to tell you, I don't really get it so far. Yeah. I'm I bought it thinking this will be nice. If anything, it might be more annoying. I don't know. I haven't really landed anywhere specific on it yet. So do you know when scarves are supposed to be used? And I think I understand why neither of us super like scarves. We all kind of wear, if I'm remembering our coat choice correctly, we all kind of have like at least either high collar or high zip winter coats. Yeah, I got I got a North Face. Yeah. I'll state my brand. I have a North Face. So like and that yeah, covers your neck. Might not be needed there. But like if you're a pea coat person, you know, the the collar flips down and then your neck is just out there in the world. This is when so I, I just recently had engagement photos taken and I bought like an overcoat, like a pea coat. Not not quite a pea coat, but like a nice a nicer formal coat, which is what you're describing, and that's why I bought the scarf. So it's the first it's not the first time I've worn a scarf, but like it's the first time in a while I've worn a scarf. And the whole time I'm thinking, this is kind of ridiculous. Like it's a little too close to an ascot, which like is patently ridiculous. I don't know. I I might just it might take some getting used to for me. But yeah, scarves. I don't know. Hit us up on Twitter, guys. How many winter hats do you have? How many is too much? Is there such a thing as too much? And what do you think about scarves? At online warriors one at ow legal eighty six at ow tactic at ow nerd bomber. You know where to find us by this point. We're not just gonna be talking about winter clothing today. That would be a great secret segment though. We could probably keep this. I have a feeling this discussion could spiral on for quite a bit longer if we allowed it to. But we'd talk about spider-man today again for like the billionth time look he's he's a pretty mammoth figure in american comic book and like pop culture everything but it's a different we're going back to spider-man different spider-man so that's exciting by this point you probably know what we're referring to but we'll get to that we're going to talk a little bit of playstation news specifically with regards to something they're cooking up to kind of fight the good fight against xbox game pass so we'll talk about that and then we're going to have an interesting discussion about i don't even know trademark law that boy if that doesn't wet your whistle i don't know what will i'll just leave that teaser kind of hanging out there for now and we'll move to what i mentioned before kind of the main piece of news i think we need to hit today which is spider-man across the spider-verse i should say spider-man across the spider-verse part one which implies multiple parts that's the way parts work we got a first look at this a couple days ago or yesterday whenever we're recording this who knows Time is a construct. We need to talk about this because Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was obviously a huge deal, both in the sense of its visual style, its animation, its music. Everything it had going on resonated with a lot of people. And it was very clear, especially from the end of the movie, I don't know if we want to spoil it, but it was clear that this was going to continue. And now we're getting a look at that continuation, pretty much picking up right where the first one left off. So if you've not seen the first one and you're planning on it, don't watch this first look for Across the Spider-Verse yet because it, it like kind of drops a big spot spoiler on you if you are looking to yeah watch the first one but what's our excitement level for this i i seem to remember nerd bomber you were very into to the spider-verse yeah i am super excited for this first of all the fact that they basically came out and said this is going to be a two-parter so the little trailer
trailer that we saw was for the part one of the movie. And then there's going to be a follow up part two, I think, in 2023. So right off the bat, super excited. There's two of them. But I mean, again, just this is such an incredible art style for me. It's something that I feel like a lot of animated movies like the kind of mesh and blend of 2D and 3D is really cool and not something that I think we've seen a whole lot of. I think there have been a few movies. What was it? The Millers versus the Machines? I'm butchering the name of that movie. Yeah, that's not it. But I I know what you're talking about. Kind of tried to like mimic the art style a little bit, but something about the art style in Into the Spider-Verse and all of these miles morales animated features is just so freaking great i feel like even like the, the color palette yes the mitchell's the versus mitchell's machines. mitchell's versus sorry i that was gonna bother me <laughs> if i didn't google it continue but i just i'm so excited and i think you know getting away from peter parker i i know everybody loves a good old peter parker spider-man but i think miles morales is kind of an untapped character i know we've gotten you know, the video game versions. But like, I feel like there's so much to expand upon with Miles Morales and the soundtrack was awesome in the first movie. I'm excited to see what soundtrack will be for this one. I'm just so stoked, guys. I'm so excited. Well, yeah, they gave us a taste of that that Post Malone song again here in the first look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Tactic, you know, Nerdbomber mentioned, you have a recent touch point with Miles Morales. And again, kind of, kind of all the untapped potential ip wise there is there so this this is a natural move where do you see this going i mean i mean the multiverse itself i'm trying to remember or this i should call it the spider-verse i guess i shouldn't mix up the mcu in this but i'm trying to remember how it was even explained in the first movie it's 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 lost to me mentally at this point but you can take this in so many different directions we know that spider gwen spinoff is already kind of in the works as well so you know, where do you see this going? I'm sure you've thought about this. So what's really cool about this, so yeah, the the art style looks amazing, but there's a couple other touch points that I want to point out. One, he's been aged and he's been aged fantastically. You, you can tell that his, his facial structure has changed a little bit. He's now in college as opposed to high school when we were introduced to him. And the other thing that I noticed is the other Spider-Man they showed looked like it was Spider-Man 2099, which is Miguel O'Hara, which means this across the Spider-Verse is going to be traveling not through space, but also through space and time, which I have been wondering how the heck they're going to introduce a lot of these futuristic characters. And honestly, this is the way to do it. And it's pretty clever. So I hope that that was, in fact, Miguel O'Hara from the Spider-Man 2099 series. That would be awesome. He's awesome. We could see some future tech, some future worlds, and a whole kind of new cityscape. Let's talk villains. First of all, is Spider-Man is Spider-Man 2099 the one that he was seemingly fighting as he was moving through the portals and everything? Yeah, that's what it looked like. But I don't know. Why I think would they be that, fighting? I think that's, that, that, yeah. I think that's trying to be a head fake, be it he's under some kind of mind control or or what have you. Don't think that's going to be the main villain. Right. So let's talk villains, because, you know, obviously we, we, we see what the MCU is doing with you know past movie villains they're gonna kind of throw throw stuff at the wall see what sticks any villain is fair game are there any you know untapped villains that the mcu or that the spider-verse can introduce that the mcu hasn't already in some way dabbled with to great effect you know i i would say venom is off the table i would say doc ock well doc ock was in the previous movie so for that reason off the table i would like to see vulture i mean he's already too involved in the other one too I don't know. Are there any villains that... I think it's going to be one we haven't... Haven't gotten the cinematic treatment. That's... Yeah. I think it's going to be one we haven't seen yet. 
and it's going to be one that was in the Ultimate Spider-Man animated series, Mesmero. And like I said, I I truly believe he's under some kind of hypnosis, and that's his ability. He's a mutant that has the ability to hypnotize and and take control of other people. It's a new villain, it's a new story arc, and it would cause for a challenge for Miles when he's facing other Spider-People. Way too close of a name to Mysterio. That's my initial note on Mesmero is confusing immediately. But so so in the first Spider-Verse, he fought... It was Kingpin, right? That he, he was fighting against predominantly. And he fights Doc Ock at one point. I think those are the only two villains that are involved, but I could be missing... It's been a long time since I've seen Spider-Verse. I saw it a couple times, but... Yeah, it's, it's been, been a, a while, while since I've seen it. I do... Like, I wouldn't mind seeing some of the Spider-Villains that we already know and love in the Spider-Verse, though. I mean, part of what's Being, cool about this is that it's so separate from the MCU that we could see a completely different take on these villains. Because I feel like all of the villains that we've seen in the MCU are kind of serious. And at least, right. like, part of what you see in some of the comics are... You know, the Green Goblin is a little bit more of not so serious, but like he's kind of a joke almost like he's still obviously a serious villain, but he's got more of a sense of humor. And it's it's just a very different vibe than what we've seen exist in Marvel cinematic live action movies before. So I wouldn't hate seeing different iterations of existing villains. Well, and again, you know, the their take on Doc Ock in the first movie was fresh and interesting in the sense that she was female. Right. So like that just right away was an interesting way to, to, to spin that. And, you know, there are certain things with that animation style with a character like Green Goblin. I, I, CGI is great nowadays, but there are certain things that you just can't do as well in the MCU as you could do with this kind of animation style. So, yeah, I don't disagree. I think it would be cool to see maybe a mix of old villains and new villains. I mean, to um, both of your points, Mysterio, we've seen, can confuse the spider. I mean, he confused Peter Parker to make him think he was fighting other people. So Mysterio is a possibility for that fight sequence that we saw to take place. Right. Also true. Do we see the return of any additional... I would assume we see the return. Like, does Nicolas Cage come back? Does John Mulaney come back? Like, there's there's a lot of characters from the first one that, while they had, I guess, maybe smaller roles, they're still very memorable. Nick Cage played the the spider noir guy and john laney spider pig of course i feel like we we'll spider gwen's already back them. i would be surprised if we saw jake johnson yeah that would be I, that would be confusing to me because I, if i remember correctly his arc got pretty tied off by the first one mm-hmm. and he also like wasn't the most interesting of them so i don't know maybe they'll maybe a cameo or something but i know you just really yeah. want nick cage to show up i do really want nick cage <laughs> to show up i would think he will I believe when we left him in the first one, he was given a Rubik's Cube as a gift and was fascinated by it because it was colored and he was all black and white. So I don't want to digress too much, but have you been like watching all of the recent Nick Cage movies that have been coming out? Because I feel like there's been a slew of them over the last few years. Yeah, I've actually been off the train. So I watched Mom and Dad, which was semi-recent and just patently absurd. I heard Mandy was good. Didn't see it. And I heard Color Out of Space was also good. Did not see it. I'm trying to think what the most most recent thing I watched with him, he was a tiger hunter who was like stuck on a freighter. I can't remember the name of the movie. It was terrible. I fell asleep. So sort well, of off not... the Nick Cage train right now. I plan on getting back on, of course. But I think he just did one called Pig that was, I don't remember if it was Netflix or Hulu. Yeah. But I know when we were scrolling through really movies good. this weekend, I saw it come up. Yeah, it's an A24 movie that looks absolutely insane. He's a retired chef who, I guess his pig gets kidnapped, his truffle pig. It's insane. He his agent is either drunk or brilliant, a genius. 
I don't know what could be both. I mean, if you're in a cage at this point, like you can do whatever you want. You know, and you like, apparently don't say no to anything. Yeah. Either, which you know, we're all the better for it. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part One is set to release October 2022. This was pushed back due to the pandemic. Initially slated for April 2022 release. Part two expected in 2023 with, again, a female-focused spinoff in the works, in development. I don't think there's a release date tied to that quite yet. You know, I will we'll say... We'll be on the lookout for that. If they do have, like, the Spider-Gwen spinoff, too, it's a great time to be Haley Steinfeld because she is the voice of Spider-Gwen in this, and she is also in, Hawkeye. obviously, Hawkeye. Hawkeye, and she's also in Arcane, which is that new Netflix a series based on i believe league of legends that's correct yeah and also doing dickinson and she's got a lot of stuff going on is dickinson still going on i don't I wasn't sure how i think either the final season just released or the next season coming up is going to be the final season but something just came out with dickinson i believe need to up my apple tv plus usage haven't haven't watched there lately have hey, you guys started I hawkeye have, yet I, no i don't want to dig digress but, but i do have either. a fun tip for you and anybody else who secures a ps5 if you log into a ps5 only one person per ps5 they actually have a deal right now with apple tv where you get six months of apple tv plus even if you're a current subscriber it just adds it to your subscription so fun fact you just have to download the app on your playstation 5 well that's great because i think my free year with my new phone is like about to run out so there you go good yeah good tip on that so yes across the spider-verse october 2022 we'll of course be talking about that as more footage comes out so that's some pretty big news in the movie world let's move over to the video gaming world you guys very vocally since getting it which has been for years now are game pass users game pass proponents i would say absolutely shouting from the rooftops it's greatness i do not have an xbox so i've been kind of just sitting over here like an idiot just listening to you talk about it well sony has been listening i i assume sony has been listening to this podcast i mean that's 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 all i can take away from this news it's being reported that they are working on competing xbox game pass service according to a new report this is the coolest name ever i think spartacus that's great that's good like i don't even care what it is it's a great name you're already sold you're just like here's my subscription I'm already money sold. let's do this so again similar thing to game pass monthly fee for access to a library of modern and classic games ranging from ps5 games down to ps3 ps2 ps1 and even psp games i mean this is a slam dunk i don't like to the point that why did it take them so long i think is the dominant question in my mind so one of the things that i'm actually really curious about and in a few of the articles that I read about this, they some of the articles have said that it's going to be, you know, you can stream the games right to your device. And PlayStation actually has had kind of a service like this called PlayStation Now. And the big thing that I didn't really like about it was, again, like it wasn't something that you could download to your console, you streamed it in. And so unlike, you know, Game Pass, with Game Pass, you literally download the file to your Xbox or your PC so that you don't experience any input lag. The few times that I tried a free trial of PS Now, I had a really bad problem with input lag. So I'm wondering if they're going to be doing, you know, just streaming like PS Now and just basically roll that service into an all-in-one thing with their PS Plus service, or if they're actually going to let you download the game to your console. Because that I feel like that just improves the service a lot if they do that. So PlayStation Plus will remain, this is in the article that I have from IGN, PlayStation Plus will remain. PlayStation Now will be phased out. It says phased out as a brand because PlayStation Now has failed to catch on as a subscription service. How Plus and this new Spartacus thing get combined is is certainly a matter of of conversation. What I want to know, I guess, from you guys with your experience, what can Sony do, if anything, 
to beat out what does xbox game pass not do so well if anything or what advantage can sony have in this kind of this kind of market because for me having no experience with it it just sounds great sign me up you know i've never heard you guys mention drawbacks to game pass so if there even are any Right now, I think the major draw of Game Pass, I mean, there's a big library of third party games that come and go all the time. And especially like stuff like Back for Blood, that was a day one Game Pass release. And Xbox has been really good about getting third party partnerships for Game Pass. But one of the things that hasn't super come to fruition yet, but it's definitely a big draw with Game Pass, is that they've promised that every single Xbox game is going to launch on Game Pass, which means that instead of paying $60 or $70 for that title, you're going to get it day one as part of your subscription. And that has been a huge draw for me. Games that I wouldn't have even thought to try, like Forza. Like, I've played that simply because it's on Game Pass. Now that they own Bethesda and a ton of other game studios, you know, that's a big library of games that now I know I don't have to pay for because I needed to pay for online anyway. And, you know, it's just, especially with the Microsoft Rewards thing, I'm basically not paying for Game Pass as it is. If PlayStation comes out with a service that gives their first-party games day and date of release, like, that would be huge. Because right now, one of the things that PlayStation is just killing Xbox with is, you know, their first-party titles. People, yeah, they're hyped yeah. for God of War. They're hyped for The New Horizon. They're hyped for Ratchet and Clank and all of these great titles, Spider-Man. If they come out with a service where all of these amazing games imagine like the wolverine game coming out right like yeah no definitely incredible that would be such an incredible value but i'm a little i'm skeptical that they will do that because i think in the past you know sony has actually criticized that model saying that the amount of money that they put into these games like just you can't recuperate that if you put it on a subscription service like this so i don't know how they're going to deal with that right the question as ever is you know what's the price point because xbox has basically two tiers ten dollars a month fifteen dollars a month for the ultimate tier and they have you know 18 million subscribers by the way over 18 million as of january of this year so it's presumably quite a bit more by now i don't know the exact numbers but can sony afford to bump the price up a little bit if they really do feel that way about it not being cost effective and still get people to sign up i actually think the answer is yes i mean for people like me maybe not like me because i'm not i don't think i'm a heavy enough gamer to use this service effectively but people like me in the sense that people who only have playstations i think would pay maybe even 20 dollars a month for this that's what i was just gonna say for people that have both consoles i i really would be hard pressed to switch over simply because of their reservations with the get the game pass model there's right there's not enough exclusive titles for me to go yep i'm gonna move over i don't see a world where, I, where i'd be paying for both simultaneously simply because the time sink i just don't have to to make it worth its while. Yeah, you'd almost be like bouncing back and forth depending on who has the better library say, every month. What's to stop players who have both consoles from just con- continuously re-upping and canceling depending on what the exclusives are? And I mean, I'm not sure... Because you're paying by month, so it's not like anything could stop you. Uh, you can cancel. I mean, there's options to pay for in bundles of like three months. Like I know Xbox has the option you can do it one month or three months, but you can cancel at any time. I think there's been at least one subscription service I've been a member of where if you cancel, you can't come back for a certain amount of time. I actually think it might have been... It might have been Movie Pass. Yeah. Either way, I don't think it would be unheard of for either of these subscription services to impose that sort of thing in light of the fact that now there are two that are going to be constantly dueling. I mean, I have to imagine the business model here, the, the, the profit model is such that they want people to keep this for a while and not just ping pong between them. I would think they would have to lose money on that. 
I really hope that they're they're not banking on the backwards compatibility or the retro library that they're going to be stocking it with. Because for me personally, PlayStation's gotten good because it's improved with the times. Nintendo's the only console that I ever see myself going, man, those retro games. PlayStation and Xbox, I'm like, give me more triangles. Always more well, triangles. But again, again, the thing is, for someone who's a PlayStation owner only... I can recall instances where I've wanted to play games that I used to play on the GameCube that were not exclusives. One of my favorite games ever, The Lord of the Rings Return of the King movie tie-in game. Surprisingly fantastic. And I had it for the GameCube and I would love to be able to go play it on my PS5. Even I don't I need the triangles, I need the experience. And not having Game Pass or anything like that to be able to do that on the PlayStation would be super valuable to me. Plenty of games like that that not PlayStation exclusives, but games that are just older that I would love to get my hands on again. So there's definite value in it for me. Again, I don't know if I'm their target. I'm not well, proud I mean, of this. You I haven't, could turned, be, I haven't turned on my PlayStation 5 yet. I haven't done it. Yeah, that, that's sad. Just, <laughs> I've just been really busy. It's just, it's it's the holidays. I'm just, yeah, I'll, look, I'll get to it. But I mean, even if there isn't a resubscription limit, imagine like a game, if they did do launch games on their service, imagine you really wanted to play a game. And then I think this is probably what Xbox is going for. Actually, you sign up to play a game on launch and then you get sucked in and you end up keeping it for a few more months because you found another game while you had the subscription to play whatever initial launch game you found. Yeah, that is certainly what they're probably trying to do. I I guess I'm skeptical that sort of thing would work on me, but maybe not. Maybe it would work. I, I, don't, I don't know. Do you know who I feel really bad for? Nintendo. Well, no, because no. they kind of have their thing There's, now where they don't have need, like, yeah. the retro games. But you Gamefly, don't need to feel bad for them at all. No, I feel bad for Gamefly. Gamefly had this idea over a decade ago. And obviously, yeah, they have like the, the disc mailing service where you can rent discs and they'll send it to your house. But they also, for a brief period of time, tried like a, a game streaming service sort of deal where you could rent games to stream, but it just was terrible because like the internet infrastructure wasn't there. And like, I think people laughed at them and were like, oh, this will never work. So then they got rid of it. But Gamefly is probably sitting around like, we were the OG game rental service, you whippersnappers. And slowly getting phased out of existence is this not also a little bit similar to like kind of what like stadia is trying to do like it's and granted stadia is kind of more like playstation now which we mentioned where it's this fully streaming thing it, it it's just there are a lot of losers here but they were already losing anyways because of xbox game pass mm-hmm. so you know I, this is huge uh this is supposed to come reportedly it's supposed to come spring of 2022 so pretty soon and i think they can expect a pretty healthy customer base for this sort of thing We'll we'll have to look back in on it as it launches. Hopefully, it keeps the dope ass name Spartacus. But well, we'll, I mean, we'll be checking in on that as well. It's positive too, because regardless of what console you own, I mean, it's never good to just have one service running in a consumer space oh, yeah. like Game Pass. So at least you know if there's two services out there, there might not be consumer overlap at all. Like you might not have people who are dual console owners like we are, but. It'll at least keep them honest. It forces them to compete. Yeah, yeah. and like to compete. negotiations with third-party publishers, you know, maybe it'll force them to get better and better games because, you know, now you've got this competing service. So I, right. I no, like this. Totally. I'm a big fan. Whether or not it's actually true in practice, it certainly feels like gamers win. Regardless, again, regardless of whether you have a PS5 or a PS4 or whatever, gamers as a whole, I think, win as a result of the thing. You're absolutely right. So 
we will look back in on this as it gets closer to launch. But for now, it's it's a twinkle in Sony's eye, and, and I think we're all the better for it. So we are going to go to a break now before we come back and talk about trademark law, which again is just the sexiest tease ever. Before we do go to a break, I would be remiss if I did not shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen, thanks again for all you've done for the show. The, the handful of times you've been on the show have been fantastic. We've loved having you. And uh, we love having your quiz input every week. I am hosting a quiz this week. This is another Titanic matchup between Nerd Bomber and Tectic to see who's going to have to do something unpleasant at the end of the year. And you contributed directly to that by uh, giving us a topic, helping us vote on a topic. So we thank you for that. So Stephen is a producer on the show, which means he gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog, of course, but he also gets input into the game segment, the occasional guest spot, and this producer shout out every episode. He gets all these things as a result of supporting us at the night level on Patreon which is the highest of our three levels of support so you can uh support us at the night level or you can also support us as a squire which is gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and there's also of course the page level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment all of which are super valuable to us in keeping this show running keeping things going so we thank all of our supporters uh, if you want any of the information on how to subscribe to us on patreon you know give something back to the show you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast get the deets there thanks again to steven Uh, for helping with the show and we'll take a short break now and we'll come back to talk about it takes two let's see alex uh what do you think of jaws which is at 97 percent rotten tomatoes i find it to be anti-shark propaganda what do you feel about the entourage movie which is at a meager 33 percent i think they finally got hollywood right how about it follows 97 percent Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%? Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. Okay, it takes two. Uh, We've all played this game. Very fun game, very cute game. Very not at all Grand Theft Auto game. Is that, for, let's just start there. Is that a fair assessment of It Takes Two? Has nothing to do with Grand Theft Auto. Doesn't look like Grand Theft Auto. Doesn't play like Grand Theft Auto. 0% Grand Theft Auto. Is not Grand Theft Auto, definitively. Well, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto is the, com- the parent company of Grand Theft Auto, which happens to be called Take Two Interactive, has hit It Takes Two with a trademark claim. Which is bananas. What is that about? Yeah, but like this is stupid. And I, I, I can see now Nerd Bomber. Nerd Bomber suggested this topic and I can see why she did because uh, she wanted to get a rise out of me. <laughs> and it's and it's it's going to be successful. And this isn't because, the first time this company's done stuff like this either. Well yeah, so they filed trademark claims for names that I'm reading from IGN here that include words like Rockstar, Social Club, Mafia, and Civilization. Like that is so freaking broad. I'm sorry. Like it's not like first of all, so the studio take two is take dash two i could understand if it was like it's in the, in the game name is it's take dash two you know like then that's like okay right. well, you're kind of like making a call out but it takes two is a song 
it, I mean, it's literally part of where this title came from because they pulled it from yeah. the song. Like, It Takes Two was an Olsen Twins movie. Are they going to go after the Olsen Twins? Do you remember that back in the day? They should. They should. <laughs> I don't. I, do, I do not I think remember the, the Olsen movie. Twins should go after them. Yeah. Ooh, the Olsen Twins should go after Take Two Interactive. That would be good. So, yeah, other companies. So, there was a clothing company. I got to say, I'm actually, I think I might actually be on a Take Two side on this one. A clothing brand, Max Fane. Yeah, that I spelled get. exactly like spelled exactly like Max Payne, but with the P changed to an F. Although, is that the design? They may have name, something there potentially. I, it doesn't say in this like, article, and I'm not I'm not strong enough to Google that. Imagine if you're just an up and coming clothing designer, and your name is Max Payne, and you're like, you know, I'm gonna make it big someday. I'm gonna be in Macy's, and then Take Two Interactive, who you may or may not have ever heard of, comes change around and is like, change your name. That's so yeah. A lot of companies simply just abandon their trademarks instead of fighting. Like if I was Max Payne. If my name was actually Max Fane, I'd be like, fine, forget it. I'll change my name. I don't want to fight some video game company. They probably don't understand what they're even fighting against. This, this is ridiculous. This is patently ridiculous. Like, it's I, it's not a lawsuit, I guess. They can't get money from it. They're more just saying, stay off our lawn. But still, is it their lawn? No, it's not. It's like public park. See, but the best part about it is the creator of It Takes Two is very boisterous and... He probably won't go down without a fight. And you know what? I'm here for his entire persona. I just, I love Joseph Fares because everything he says and does is just tickles my fancy. He's just a guy that doesn't care what anyone else thinks. He does him. And and he's probably going to be snarky and sassy towards them. And <laughs> power to you, man. I also, I want to shout out something else in this IGN article. Apparently Take Two, <laughs> IGN says they've been on a quote unquote legal kick lately, which I think is a very funny way to put it. They have sued GTA modders, which on one hand, I totally under- understand. They are taking your IP and they're mucking around with it. Literally, it's what they're doing. That makes up like the entirety of the GTA community right now is people modding the game and like doing weird crap online. That's what it is now. That those people are your livelihood, I think, if you're G- if you're the GTA developers. Yeah, like that's part of the reason why these games have been around for so long so and you're able to sell the same game like on five different generations of consoles. I know that's an exaggeration, but at this point like it kind of feels like it. It's weird. It's just weird. It's just like swimming upstream to me. But anyways, yeah, we will see what Joseph Fa- is it Joseph Fares? Fares? I actually don't know how to pronounce it. But We'll see what he says. I'd be interested to see if he has any ground to stand on here. I mean, well, let me rephrase. He has ground to stand on, certainly. But fighting Take-Two Interactive is probably not easy. So I'll be curious to see, like you said, Tectic, what, what he does here. Well, I mean, Hazelight does have the backing of EA. Like, I know EA was the publisher of the game. So I'm wondering, like, I feel like we could... It probably won't get to the scale of, like, Epic Games versus Apple. But this seems like... A pissing contest almost it, it could definitely get into like pissing contest territory between two big game publishers well and i don't know so it's haze light studios which is some subsidiary of ea right i guess the question the, the dominant question is is ea gonna get out of bed for this like are they gonna bother or just gonna be like who cares i mean <laughs> like, i can see that. they'll probably like they probably won't want to spend money on a legal fight here and i'm sure they'll probably just right. give up the trademark and let it happen I, I don't think that means they have to change the name of the game i think they just have to get rid of the trademark which they'll probably just be like whatever i just think it's kind of a crappy move because the game awards is actually coming oh, up is. this week and it takes two is up for a game of the year nomination and it just seems like a weird like the timing seems a little sus and it just seems like a weird yeah, yeah. thing to do if you're take two. Because, you They're know, try, trying to take their legs out from under them, which is weird. 
just a weird thing to do. Well, like trademark law too, you know, it's supposed to be like it reflects on your brand in some way, you know, and the, the whole point of trademark law is you don't want to have anything else associated with your brand or even negatively associate your brand to take it down in the public's eye. And I mean, I'm sure there's more nuance than that. I'm not a lawyer and don't really know much about trademark law, but I'm assuming that's like the crux of the issue when you're applying for a trademark because it's not like copyright law where you can sue somebody over it, I don't believe. And like when I heard It Takes Two, like I didn't even, I never even like associated it with Take Two Interactive. Like Take Two Interactive never even crossed my mind. You know, there was literally nothing about the title, the advertising, the content that even would make me think that it's part of that studio. So it just seems it's odd. It's weird well and again the the irony of it is like you said if this makes take two look worse them doing this for really no reason like you said trademark law is designed to like avoid your brand getting mucked up with anything bad they need to take a step back and look at companies like dove chocolate and dove soap who just kind of like coexist and let them do their thing right right they're like we're both great let's just let's just do what we do just don't swap them right can you imagine opening a little dove chocolate and it's just soap (laughs) what the hell is this sorry yeah that's that is a nice, uh, that's a nice thought. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. There's really no way to wrap this up other than by saying, heck you, Tech Take Two Interactive. We're not fans of you right now. I think that's fair to say. So into what are you up to Wednesday? I'm going to go first. I, I, w- I want to shout out a show that my fiance and I have started that is very interesting. It has made me viscerally uncomfortable, but in a way that has managed to be engaging. Uh, it's a show called Yellow Jackets. This is a show on Showtime. So if you need to have Showtime. No, it's about, it's actually fascinating. It's about a girls soccer team that's on their way to nationals and the plane crashes and they get into like a Lord of the Flies situation. And then like half of the story takes place then and the other half takes place like 30 years later and just like them dealing with it kind of thing. Yeah, pretty bloody so far. A lot of uncomfortableness, as I mentioned. A lot of Christina Ricci's in it. The girl from uh, Casper. She's fantastic so far. Melanie Linsky, Juliette Lewis, a decent number of famous actresses are, yeah, doing doing really well in it. Definitely going to keep watching that. It's, it's a pretty fascinating show. So I wanted to shout that out. Uh, other than that, you know, I'm in Christmas mode right now. You know, my secret segment last week, I, was, I talked about my Christmas faves, things I like to do around Christmas, what I like to watch, read, do, uh, listen to. Saw the Nutcracker this weekend for the first time, like the ballet performance. That was pretty cool. Love the Nutcracker suites. Fantastic. Already finished reading Christmas Carol which is actually like a pretty short read, but finish that up in a couple of days and just kind of working through Christmas specials. Today we watched Charlie Brown Christmas. So, you know, working our way through the holiday season, getting some shopping done, trimmed the tree today. So that's keeping me busy. And it looked beautiful. Well, hey, thank you. I, I'll tell you, say nothing of, well, yeah, I can trim a tree. Let me just put it that way. That's what she said. That's, well, Tactic, why don't you take it away with, with that in mind? So I'm only going to mention one of them because I don't want to take some of Nerd Bomber's spotlight. But we officially had a weekend where we didn't have a bad movie. We we generally watch two movies a weekend. You can and do both. Both were fantastic. Do both, man. Okay. So Tell the, us about both. The first movie was called Kings of Summer. It's actually been released for quite some time now yeah it came out in 2014 i think and it stars nick offerman nick robinson nick robinson megan mullally yeah i'm helping you she's got it nick offerman's wife allison brie oh yeah she's she's a gem 
so yeah, it start has a great cast. Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah, okay, we get it. <laughs> it has, it's got a great cast. Don't and stop. She can just Don't go stop. on, and it's about basically a bunch of kids that are just tired of living under their their parents' roofs, and they build a house and live in the woods on their own. And it's about their adventure over summer. And it's just, it's got. I was cracking up. It was it was one of the funniest movies I've watched in a, in a long time. I've I even snorted a couple times. It is ten of ten. Recommend. Go check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Nerd Bomber confirm or deny his snorting. I don't know why he would lie about that, but... Oh, yeah. He snorted a lot. I mean, it was funny. Gross. There were a lot of, like... It was... I would say if you know Tactics Humor, he likes, like, dry one-liner delivery sort of things, and Nick Offerman is the king of that, so he was having a field day with this movie. It was a good coming-of-age movie, in my opinion. I love a good coming-of-age... You know there's a, there's a German word for that? I can't pronounce it. Oh, I thought you were going to regale us with German. Bu- build- buildings Roman... Is how it's spelled. This was a solid Buildings Roman movie. It's B-I-L-D-U-N-G-S Roman. A novel dealing with one's formative, one person's formative years or spiritual education. Yeah, I would say that that about sums this movie up for sure. Coming coming of age stuff. Anyways, that's just throwing my two cents in there. What was the other movie? Uh, it was a Christmas movie. It was called Single All the Way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is... um My fiance wants to watch this. So give me the... It's got the lady from... American, American, American Pie movies in it, and she loves her. So tell, tell me the, give me the scoop. Probably the most star-studded cast member in this movie. Oh, and no. it's all. Oh, I'm wrong. I am wrong. Um, it also has. Oh, come on! Yeah, you, I pointed <laughs> right to you here. Okay, it's got Kathy and Jimmy. So she's from Hocus Pocus and a lot of different movies. It has Barry Bostwick in it. It has the person from Schitt's Creek, whose name I can't remember offhand and i'm still looking you also have jennifer coolidge who is the one from american pie american pie Pie yeah so great cast it's it's a heartfelt movie about jennifer robertson from schitt's creek so yeah great cast it's a heartfelt movie about a young man who was always coming home single for christmas and this christmas he brought home his friend and they it's one of those will they won't they situations and it just it's got a lot of comedy it's got heartfelt moments and it's just a feel-good movie and it's a christmas movie so if not now then when are you gonna watch it so just watch it I mean, Michael Yuri, who is the lead, is also a delight. There's a he's been in a lot of stuff, but he is, I think, most prominently potentially known for his role in Ugly Betty. I think that might have been like his first role, but he is fantastic. So it was a super cute movie. I liked it. It's a good holiday cheer movie. Great title, unbelievable title. They nailed it. Yeah, I'm surprised no other like anyone right. has How's thought that not of this taken? yet. I, that was one of my first comments when I saw that title. You would think Hallmark would have taken that like 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, but. absolutely. Or even not even Hallmark. Just remember that that early 2000s rom-com era where they were just yeah, pumping them out? Gave us hitch. Gave us hitch. How did they miss that? Amazing era. I just, I don't understand. I don't know. It's a really fair question. And then the last thing, which don't ask me questions about it because I won't tell you is I'm going to, I'm going to try writing a book. It's, it, it might crash and burn. I might never do anything with it ever again, but I'm going to give it a try. So that's what I well, With that attitude, I feel with like that attitude, you probably won't. It's a rite of passage here at the Online Warriors podcast because at some point in right. time, Not we, to, have we all have to try it at to least try once. try to write a book. Yeah. We, read, that's right. All of us have been unsuccessful so far, but we've tried several times at least. And we'll all probably try again. It's a fun, it's a fun way to pass the time and really question your own ability to do anything. At least if, if you're me, that's, that's what winds up happening. Uh, yeah, no further questions. I, I, I won't pry. Which means we'll just swing it over to, to Nerd Bomber, get the update from her. Nerd Bomber, Tactics stole all the movies. So you have to you have to think of something else. I mean, not all of them. I watched a ton of Hallmark Channel because... So 
my routine now is we'll watch a movie like have our popcorn snack and wine movie and it usually ends around like 10 30 11 popcorn and snack are separate i need to i need to clarify that yeah so like we'll do 100 calorie popcorn but we'll also have like little pigs in a blanket first so like a nice little compliment yeah but our movie will typically end around like i don't know anywhere between 10 30 and midnight and then i'll pop on hallmark channel while tectic falls asleep because i'm not tired yet and it's all Christmassy in our house, and it just like is a vibe. So watched a ton of that recently. But I also have three books that I've finished in the past week, week and a half. Coming off of Sleeping Beauties, I needed like a different genre just because I'd read it for so long. So I'm gonna run you through these three books, hopefully quickly. One, well, two of them are actually rom-commy type books because I was just, you know, I was feeling it. We watched that rom-com movie have yeah. Hallmark on in the background. It's the season. So one is a young adult-ish type of rom-com book called Don't Hate the Player, which, as you may t- infer from the title, it's a Hate very, the game. It's a gaming sort of book, which I thought was neat because I feel like there's not a lot of fiction centered around like gaming and esports and that kind of stuff. So that was a fun read. Um, another one was In a Holidays by Christina Lauren. This is actually a book of the month pick last year around Christmas time, and I never read it, but then I got it from the library. So fun stuff. And it's basically another sort of like, you know, the Groundhog Day time loop thing where the main character is reliving the same Christmas weekend over and over again until, you know, she makes all the right decisions to find true love and happiness and make her life right. better. Super fluffy, light Christmas read. But I mean, if you're into that stuff, it's 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 a nice Christmassy treat. And then this one is a little bit heavier, but I am a huge fan of Sally Rooney. Her books are honestly, like, they're not fun to read. They really aren't. They're typically about people who have, you know, a lot of mental turmoil And they're usually young adults trying to find their place in the world. And by young adults, I mean like post-college-ish. Sally Rooney was the author who wrote Normal People, which won a ton of awards with its Hulu adaptation. I think either last year or the year before. um, Yeah, I think it it was last year. Yeah. And so this is her latest book. And like her books, they kind of like you don't really like any of the characters, but you just can't look away and you can't stop reading. And I think she does a really good job of kind of, if if you're in the same sort of slightly pessimistic headspace looking at the world, you'll probably, as I am, like you'll probably enjoy these reads because she does kind of give a, a decent critique kind of... I'm trying to think of a good word for this through characters who aren't super likable, super fallible, but real characters and paints a picture of the world that is very real. And unlike a lot of stuff that I've read in the past, she does have an interesting writing style that a lot of people may not like, like doesn't subscribe to conventional punctuation, but it's just one of those books that you don't know why you like it, but you keep reading it and you're done with it in a day. And it just kind of sits with you for a little bit. And you're like, oh, I don't know why I was into this book, but I am, and here I am. So that that was my reading adventures. I blasted through three books in the last week and a half. So you're on a, te- a bit of, I mean, considering how quickly you finished Sleeping Beauties, which is a pretty hefty book, you're on a bit of a tear right now. But look, we encourage that here. I mean, it's uh, one of those things a, you sit around the Christmas tree and yeah, it's a great cozy. reading season. Yeah, that's why I have so many Christmas books that I read. I, I you know, I'm going to be reading The Nutcracker next. I'm going to be reading. All the stories that inspired the uh, Christmas story, that movie, and script for It's Wonderful Life. I got a bunch of Christmas books I'm going to be working my way through. So I'm with you there. I'll be blowing through them pretty quickly. They're all pretty short. So more reading updates from me are likely to come next week as well. So it's quiz time. Look, this is huge. 
All right. I don't want to overstate it, but it's a big deal. All right. The, the, the standings right now, I'm at 17 and four. Tactic at 10 and 11. Nerd Bomber at 12 and 11. Tactic, there's a lot riding on this. I, I think we, deter- we determined last week if you lose this week, you're screwed. Mathematically, right? it's impossible. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I'll leave you with that thought as I launch into our quiz, which this week is focused on one of my favorite people of all time, John Williams. I can only assume this topic was curated with me in mind, so I appreciate that. I appreciate the the Patreoners for voting for it. I want to, before we start, I want to, you know, the first question, it's all Price is Right style stuff. I have five questions and a tiebreaker here. When he dies, I'm going to be very sad to the point, like, I might, I might call in sick to work when he dies. It's going to be, it's going to be very tough for me. With that in mind, how old is he is the first question. (laughs) And uh, look, Tactic, we're going to give you a sporting chance here. Nerd Bomber's going to go first. Ladies first. Uh, how old before uh, before she answers i feel like i'm at a severe disadvantage who who is this oh boy <laughs> i'm not are you, are you being serious yeah boy i'm i'm so blind with rage right now i don't even want to tell you uh john williams is an award-winning film composer more on the awards to come but yes you are at a severe disadvantage to the point that i have a feeling you're going to lose this can you give so. him any I don't want to answer, like, I don't want to give him this because I don't know if it's part of the questions. Can you tell him any of, like, the movies for reference that uh, you might be able sure. to, like, have a touchstone if well, it's not a spoiler? Uh, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Jaws, E.T. Okay, that's fine. Uh, uh, All right. I, I, I just, I wanted I could, to make sure on. that this was addressed prior to her giving her answer so that we're on even footing. That's that's fair. You're going to you're gonna lose this. Uh, how, Nerd Bomber, how old is John Williams? In years. I feel like he's pretty old. I think I'm going to say 75 to be safe. Okay, Tactic, now you have no idea who this is. So, good luck. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say to you. You don't know who this is. You're, you're, in, you're in real So, trouble. it's 2021. If, that is true. If he is 75, he would have been born in 20, 1950. True again. And... Yeah, not quite, but close. And I think she went too old on this one. I think she busted. So... But I don't. I think she was close. I think it was a reasonable bust. So I'm just gonna say a cool fifty, just to make sure that I go under. So to the surprise of no one, uh, Nerd Bomber's on the board. He is 89 years old. I, I mean, I he thought is, he was 89. He is in the tw- he is in the twilight, if not the complete nightfall of his life at I this was, point. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast recently where. Oh my god. No, I think in like the last it, it was, was Playwatch Listen. His life. No, it was Playwatch Listen, and they were talking about how he had done some kind of concert, like a tribute concert. A, a while back his, but he was really old so he didn't like do the whole thing himself his first film composition he made in 1958 this dude's been around the block that's 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 the point i wanted How to make with that, with that question 89 he was born in 1932 uh it'll become clearer just how far around the block he has been as we move forward here how many oscar nominations does john williams have i will give you a hint here he is the second most nominated person in history i will give you a bonus point if you can tell me who the most nominated person in history is. Uh, so Tactic will go first. Are you looking this up? No, I'm, I'm taking notes of all the subtle comments that he's taking. If I can't lose, if I can't win by knowledge, I'll how win many, by mathematics. How many nominations does he have? Second most nominated person in history. I will give you a bonus point if you can name the most nominated person in history. So nominations aren't necessarily wins. They're just nominations, which means that he can have... Correct. A significant amount so long as he's producing content. And a nomination, you can get multiple nominations on one set of art, we'll call it. And so I'm going to say it's a significant number, uh, 356 nominations. Okay, 
Nerd Bomber. I'm struggling because I feel oh, like... Oh, wait. Uh, Tactic, you want to guess who the most nominated person is? I'm not even going to try. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> okay, Nerd Bomber. <laughs> I'm trying... Hmm. I feel like it's more than that, but I don't know how much more. I feel like Tactic is close-ish. Um, I'm going to say 400 just so I'm not a jerk, even though I, I do want to se- secure this win. Okay, so... The Oscars have been going on for less than 100 years. Let me just start by saying that. So we're way too high. You guys both colossally busted. I feel uh, like maybe I was just thinking he, of awards in general. Probably just... He is, a, he is a film composer, which means he usually composes scores that can really only get nominated once, maybe twice, if he wins best score and best original song per year. And I think the latter category was not introduced for a while. He has 52 nominations. Okay. The person... With the most, uh, Nerbomber, do you want to guess who the person with the most is? No, I have no idea. Okay. It's Walt Disney. I actually don't know how many he has. I'm just, it's on John Williams' Wikipedia page. Uh, he's only won five Academy Awards. He's been nominated for, for 52, only won five, which, considering everything he has done, is an absolute travesty. With that said, it is one nothing. We have three questions to go. We talked about Oscars. How many, uh, how many Grammys has he won? Back to you, Nerdbomber. Yeah, I'm thinking... I feel like he's won one for every movie that he's had a big hand in. I'm going to say, uh, this is difficult. I'm going to lowball it a little bit. I'm going to say six. And Tactic. Seven. Oh, you jerk. Okay. Tactic has used his plus one to great effect. 25. He's won 25. I'm going to segue that. Nerd Bomber, your answer was based on he's won one for every big Yeah, I know. He's done he's more done. movies. But then I got worried about busting again. So I just- How many... How many soundtrack credits does he have on, listed on IMDb? And this is back to Tactic now. Tactic. I'm going to go with 60. And Nerd Bomber. How many questions are left? One after this. 61. Okay, she's using her plus one. Uh, well, plus one used to great effect. 444. <laughs> so so uh, the, the important thing to note here, I guess, is he's done a lot of movie scoring, but he also gets credits for things like the Olympics. He wrote the theme song for the Olympics. Yeah, that's true. Sunday Night Football. He wrote the theme song for that. There's a lot of things like that that he's written music for. Uh, so 444 is the answer to that. And we're at two to one. Nerd Bomber is winning. Going into the final question, Tactic, obviously you, you, you need this. So yeah. Is this uh, going to be a text in? This is going to be a text in. I was, just, I was just thinking about that. How many of the top 25 highest grossing films of all time has he composed the score for? This is adjusted for inflation. Top 25 highest grossing movies of all time. How many has he composed the music for? I'm accepting text and answers at this time. Mine is in. I'm nervous. I'm really nervous about this. Okay. Nerd Bomber takes it home. Tactic, your punishment will be forthcoming. Uh, Nerd Bomber texted in eight, and the answer was nine. So incredibly close. Tactic, I would have plus one too. You gave him a lot of credit, which I, which I appreciate. You said eighteen. I don't know what the nine movies are. I don't have them in front of me. So if you're looking for me to say that, uh, I, I can't. But I mean, I'm sure some of the Star Wars movies are on there. Jurassic Park. He did all the music for Jurassic Park. Schindler's List. E.T. Superman. I'm going to run you through some of the bigger titles now. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Jaws. Uh, the tiebreaker, for what it's worth, was how many Steven Spielberg movies has he not done the score for? Steven Spielberg has 39 directing credits, and he's had John Williams do the score for 34 of them. So they're frequent collaborators. And as a result, uh, yeah, John Williams has done a lot of movies, a lot of scores for a lot of really, really big, big deal movies. So uh, Nerd Bomber, congratulations. Uh, You move to, as though it matters at this point, you move to uh, 13 and 11. Tectic Nerd Bomber and I will begin deliberations on uh, what exactly is we're going to force you to do. But it's going to be unpleasant. That's 
I still I say I we I finish I'm, out the year, just to be sure. I, oh, we will. We'll finish out the year, but in the midst of that, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. And and you should all look forward to that, all you listeners out there. Uh, those of you who have been with us for any part of the year have been wondering what's going to happen, and, and soon you'll know. And they might even so, have a chance to pick. That's true. That's very true. Stay tuned. Uh, I was going to say something gross, like listeners. he has to drink pickle juice, but he actually already does that. Juice. So good. And also, like, on a podcast, that's not, like, what, we're just going to hear him gulping and then him being, like... We could do, like, a video of yeah, it. Yeah, it'll be some of the bonus content. It's true. It's a good point. Uh, we thank you all for listening, for sticking around with us through through Tactic's loss. And uh, we hope you'll join us again next week as I take on Tactic, see if he can get some, some redemption or if he's just going to keep getting beat every week. Thank you all for joining us. If you liked what you listened to, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also hit us up on our Twitter handles already mentioned earlier in the show. Talk to us about anything we talked about on the show or anything you want to talk to us at all. We're, 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 we're available. Tune in next week. And in the meantime, you need to get out there and you need see i always, i don't think about it if you can't tell i don't think about it until this exact moment when i say get out there and blank i just assume i'm going to pick it up along the way and i never do be nice to someone um, for the holidays no no they, but they have to tell somebody about the podcast that's the whole point well yeah go like, be nice expanding. to them and then tell them now you have to listen to the online warriors podcast oh like as a penalty okay so like i'm a good samaritan but you have to do this thing for me now that i helped you out oh uh, yeah that's pretty good we'll go with that for this week um go help someone and then tell them to listen to the podcast. It, it, it's a good way to spread holiday cheer and also uh, expand our listener base, which I'm sure you have a vested interest in doing. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.